Are you ready, Flyer fans? It's the Anthony Grant Show, presented by Bud Light. Tonight's show is brought to you by... Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. Bud Light, where there's fun, there's a Bud Light there. Premier Health, proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash UD. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers, helping fans stay comfortable all season long. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Now here's the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. Hey, welcome back to Frickers here on Woodman Drive, your home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. Uh... And the Anthony Grant Show, Monday nights during the Flyer uh, basketball season. As uh, Dayton's got a couple of road games ahead of them this week, coming off of some home wins last week, uh, a uh, win over Fordham on uh, Tuesday, uh, and then uh, the the defensive uh, battle on Friday with the Flyers uh, defeating uh, Rhode Island 53-51. So, uh, Dayton now uh, six and two in the A10. Uh, we'll meet the we'll hit the midpoint of the conference season on Wednesday. Uh, play the ninth game of uh, conference play when they play uh, VCU in Richmond. It's a nine o'clock tip off on Wednesday night. So take a nap that afternoon. I will. And then uh, Saturday afternoon it's a two o'clock game uh, on the road again at St. Louis. So two uh, very critical games ahead this week. We'll talk to the coach about that. Uh, coming up, and also look back uh, on last week, and and also as we're as we're doing this season, uh, we we invite uh, a former flyer to come uh, join us and spend part of the evening, and not not to break down and uh, analyze uh, this year's team, but uh, more to to talk about them and uh, and, and their their UD careers and uh, what they've got going. And uh, Leighton Moulton uh, joins us uh, tonight, and uh, we'll, we'll get to coach here in just a bit. But, uh, Leighton, it's, uh, it's good to sit down and talk to you, go down memory lane a little bit. Thanks, Larry. Class of 1976. 50 years, uh, August. Wow. Yeah, first entered Dayton. 50 years is coming August. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> we're going to talk about uh, the, the, the recruiting aspect uh, coming up here. Uh, do we have coach on the line yet? We do not. Okay. Um, so, let's go back 54 years, <laughs> and that would be uh, when you're getting recruited, uh, and uh, we were talking before we went on the air about uh, how you came to be first come on the radar for the University of Dayton. Tell us about that. Uh, I was uh, introduced to Dayton by Coach Donahue's brother. He was uh, a priest uh, at Detroit Catholic Central, and... Uh, we had played them, and uh, he relayed the message to coach, and Jack Butler came down, and uh, the rest was pretty much history. Jack went to Western Kentucky, and my high school coach went to Western Kentucky, so it was a done deal. Well, you, you, you had all these connections. <laughs> right. It was predetermined. Right. It sounds like you had a little help in making your decision. I, I did. I, I went to uh, – my fifth grade coach, who was my mentor and started uh, started us playing in the second grade with the fundamentals. And um, when my time came, uh, I went to him and, and said, you know, I think this is where I want to go. Um, I, I, I like the team. I like the school. I like that it was small. But uh, the day I set foot in the arena, it was over with. You know, I was so, you know, um, 
it's just spectacular. Yeah, you know, you, it was it, only what a couple years old, yeah. I guess. Yeah, but yeah, and, and you look at it now, and it's it's amazing. But uh, from its genesis, it, it it stood out among all other venues in the country. Yes, and uh, um, I think we were what number two in the nation uh, back then for sellouts. I think we were right behind UCLA. Uh, but every game uh, was a sellout. And uh, um, I, I'm just happy that I made the right decision to come to Dayton. Yeah, well, we'll uh, talk uh, more about that recruiting process and, and, and your background and also, you know, what it's meant to you moving forward beyond right. those four years of, of playing basketball and, and, and the impact it's had on you. Uh, coming up we're going to take a break and then uh, when we come back uh, we'll try to get hooked up with coach grant talk about those wins last week over fordham and rhode island also take a look ahead at a big week with road games at vcu and at st louis as we continue the anthony grant show here at frickers on woodman drive the anthony grant show on 1290 and 95.7 whio dayton's news and talk You're listening to The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Call now, 457-1290. Now back to the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. Hey, welcome back here to Frickers on Woodman Drive, your home of fun food, sports, and spirits. Uh, something tells me there were some folks here watching football yesterday, and uh, we'll be in a, in a couple of weeks as well, come February 13th. and. When the, uh, when the Bengals are taking on the Rams in the big game. And we're talking college basketball tonight on the Anthony Grant Show as the uh, Dayton Flyers are 14-7, and 6-2 and two in the Atlantic 10. Uh, wins last week over Fordham and, and Rhode Island and uh, road games coming up this week at VCU and also at uh, St. Louis on Saturday. Coach Grant joining us. Uh, and first of all, Coach, uh, congratulations uh, to you and, and to uh, your freshmen. Uh, Deron Holmes, it was a big week for him in that he broke uh, the single game uh, shot, uh, single season uh, shot blocking record for a freshman with his uh, 56 now blocks and counting. Uh, and then today he was named the uh, Atlantic 10 uh, co rookie of the week for, I believe this would be the, the fourth or fifth time for him. I've, I've lost track, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a great honor. And, and coach, uh, it was a pretty good week. Uh, it was a pretty good week for Flyer basketball. And, and, and I thought that I've not quite seen you so pleased after a win as you were on Friday because wins are always great, but I think you love the way your guys fought. Yeah, it was a good week for us and certainly happy for dudes just to get the recognition. It's always good, you know, when, you're, when your guys, uh, you know, go out and perform and, and get recognized, uh, you know, through the league. But, uh, yeah, I thought the, uh, the last game, you know, we really, really had a difficult time from an offensive standpoint. And a lot of times with young guys, what you'll see is, is they can, they can let the, what's happening on offense impact what happens on the other end. So I thought yet, you know, the, the last game for both halves, the guys did a really good job of being resilient and understanding, um, you know, that we needed to do whatever it took to be able to win the game and that uh, they stayed with it. You know, we uh, were able to make some plays down the, down the stretch at the free throw line special situations that executed well and that were able to preserve the win. The competitive uh, fight. Um, I mean, obviously that that's something that you hope that you can instill in the guys and, uh, uh, but, but a lot of it, it's, it's, it's who they are. I mean, and, and it's probably why you recruited them, why you brought them to the university of Dayton is you want competitors. 
Well, you got to be a competitor, certainly. You know, if you're going to be successful, especially as, as competitive as college basketball is, and you know, you look at the the way the A10 race is shaping up. It's, it's really anybody's ball game at this point. And certainly, a lot of a lot of games left to play with ten games left on the slate. So, you know, I think that's that's uh, you know what I call the price of admission. You got to be able to compete. You know, this stretch of five games that uh, your team has really played defense at a very high level. Um, and yeah. good good grief. I mean, you're a basket or a stop away from being undefeated in league play. But, you know, what what is what are you seeing? What's what is it that there's a threat of continuity that that has been part of all these defensive efforts that we've seen of late? Well, you know, I, I think first and foremost, you know, I, I think we've got you got guys that are that are talented guys. You know, I think first and foremost, and then the second part is. I think as you progress through the season and, and guys begin to understand, you know, what they need to do to be successful, uh, and they're, they're, they're doing a better job of, of uh, understanding scouting reports, they're doing a better job of understanding what we want to take away each, each game. And every game, like I always say, has a life of its own. So, uh, but I think the guys consistently have been able to follow scouting reports and go out and, uh, and, and use the talents and the skills that they have to help us be effective and put us in position where we've had a chance to win just about every night. You, you mentioned your team uh, being resilient, and um, one of the ways in which they had to be resilient last week was playing shorthanded uh, with, with Elijah Weaver's uh, uh, you know, left wrist of hand uh, giving him fits. Uh, it, it, it changed roles for some guys. How, how do you feel they adapted to not having Elijah be available? I think they did a really good job. You know, obviously it was, um, you know, kind of short notice in terms of the Fording game. Kobe Elvis, I thought, did a really good job on short notice of, of taking over the, uh, the the backup point guard position as well as his normal duties off the ball. I thought he did a really good job. And then, you know, with Elijah not in the lineup, it created an opportunity for uh, Mulai, you know, in terms of uh, being a guy that was uh, – given some extended minutes, and I think he made the most of it as well. So it was good to see. And then other guys, uh, you know, Kobe Brez, uh, I thought he, he's done really good with the extended minutes. And then obviously for uh, Staffa and, and some of the other guys, you know, it's just uh, you know, guys have stepped in to fill that void uh, without Elijah being available. Yeah, I, I saw. I see guys make it, doing little things, uh, maybe handling the ball more than – they were been asked to do before, um, you know, doing some things uh, uh, against the full court press. And then, you know, in some cases, defending a smaller guy, keeping moving their feet, staying in front of people. Uh, it, it's It's been interesting to see these little things all add up to what you're talking about, and that's that great defensive effort. Yeah, you know, I think every game is going to require something different, whether it's offensively or defensively. And I think, you know, we talked about this before, Larry, just in terms of, our opponents you know, are doing a good job in terms of their scout against us and the prep that they put in in terms of what they want to try to take away from us. So, you know, different guys are required to do different things based on what's going on, you know, either either for our opponents, what the way they're attacking us offensively, it requires us to do different things, and then as, as well as, you know, the way they elect to defend us and what they try to take away from us, we've got to be able to make those adjustments. This is the Anthony Grant Show. We're here at Frickers on Woodman Drive. Coach Grant uh, with us on the phone. And we got uh, here at Frickers, uh, uh, we've been bringing former Flyers, black, uh, former Flyers back to uh, uh, find out what they've been up to and look back on their careers. Leighton Moulton, class of 1976 with us. Leighton, yeah, you got a question for Coach Grant tonight. 
<laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Coach, is this your most challenging year so far? Oh, man. Wow. I never, never, don't think about it like that. I, I, I look at it as every year is different. Every year, you know, creates opportunities. And, uh, you know, this, uh, this has been, you know, unique in terms of the number of young guys that we've had. I don't. I don't remember another year we've had as many young players, inexperienced guys, in terms of knowing. Um, you know, haven't haven't had a a go around at least uh, in conference player with college basketball. So a lot of the experiences our guys are going through are brand new experiences for them. So uh, with, from that standpoint, it's it's different. Um, you know, but I, I think uh, you know, it's like like anything else. I think you try to learn and you try to grow and. I've had to do that. Our guys have had to do that. And, and I think, um, you know, to me, it's about evaluating at the end of the year when, when the journey's over. Right now, we're still in the middle of it. So I'm not at the point where I can, I can say, well, compared to everything else, this is where we are. It's, it's not where you are midway through. It's where you end up. So, you know, we're going to keep trying to get better. One other quick question. Do you think the uh, transport, uh, transport uh, uh, portal – do you think that's been a negative in terms of uh, uh, your team? Um, you get situated, and next thing you know, you got two or three guys that's that's leaving. Uh, is, is, has that been harmful in terms of uh, recruiting? I mean, you know, this year you're looking for guards, yeah. and then you lose two big guys, and then next thing you know, you, you know, everything is just uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. I, I don't think it's been harmful. You know, I think obviously, you know, there, there's a variety of different reasons why, you know, young people choose to move and, and not all of them are, are bad. You know, I think sometimes when you when they're unmet expectations, um, then you, you have to look and say, well, why is that? And, and what are you prepared to do about it? And sometimes, you know, depending on the situation, you know, uh, uh, maybe, you know, it calls for, you know, a change of scenery or another opportunity. Um, I think the University of Dayton has, has benefited over over several decades, I think, from uh, adding pieces that have helped us be successful. And sometimes, you know, that works against you where you, you'll lose some pieces. But I think it's just a part of college basketball, and I think it, it impacts, you know, every level. And, and uh, you know, it's just a part of, a part of the game. You know, Coach, uh, speaking about recruiting, it's 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 kind of like breathing. You got to do a little bit of it every day uh, in order to survive. Uh, but so, but this time of year, uh, give us some insight into is is this more of an evaluation time? Since you know you're really not in the situation where you're you're out to you know you're you're out on the road to actively contacting guys. Yeah, so for me right now, it's, it's more about, you know, focused on our, our team, but our assistant coaches are constantly, you know, evaluating and, and whether it's, you know, uh, this current class or, or future classes, you know, we try to keep our ear to the ground and keep our eyes open in terms of what's out there and what's available. You know, this, uh, this is a big week ahead for you uh, coming up as uh, we're going to hit the midway point uh, in the Atlantic 10 schedule on Wednesday with that game at VCU. Uh, in some ways, it seems like it's been a long time since uh, uh, that exhibition game against Cedarville. But in other ways, you know, where did the time go? Uh, you know, once you get into conference play, does it seem like the games come 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 along a lot quicker? 
Yeah, you know, we, we went last week was a really busy week for us, you know, with, with the game at, at Mason and then turning around on Tuesday and playing Fordham at home and then Friday against Rhode Island. So, actually, I think, uh, you know, we were able to give the guys a little time off here after uh, Friday's game. And I think it was the first time they had a really, you know, complete day off in quite a while. So, hopefully, um, you know, at this time of year, especially with young guys, they understand the importance of getting their rest, of taking care of their bodies, of eating properly, of getting their sleep. You know, because it, for a high school kid especially, you know, they, they're winding down their season at this point. You know, you've maybe got five or six games left, whereas we have, we're, like you said, we're about to hit the midway point of our season uh, in terms of conference play. So we want to make sure that we're keeping the guys fresh and that they, uh, they can be strong and get stronger down the stretch here. Yeah, the, the so-called freshman wall uh, we've referred to through the years, and, and is, right. it, is it more of a mental uh, fatigue issue than it is physical fatigue that these young guys go through? Um, yeah, that, that's, that's a good question. I mean, I, I would say probably a combination, you know, and I think every situation is different. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, when, you, when you're out there, and, uh, you know, you're playing 30-plus minutes a night like we're asking some of our guys to do. And you got to do that on a consistent basis, you know, for your first time as a, as a young guy. Then it's just, it can be can be both mental and physical for some guys. You know, just the length of the year, really starting from the time we got together in the summer uh, to now, you know, uh, it's the first time that they maybe had this, this intense of a, of a grind. So it could be a little bit mental. So I think it's a combination. You got two games this week now, both on the road. So another challenge yet this week with uh, <clears throat> the travel involved and 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 what have you. And a very late start uh, Wednesday night against VCU, but it's also the second time around with uh, those two opponents. Uh, and in 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 you know what value is that first meeting in terms of preparation for a rematch? Yeah, well, I think there's always value, you know, but I think. Um... You know, they, they were missing some guys that first game. I think uh, both teams are probably quite different than the last time that we, we played each other, you know, just the experiences we've both been through. Uh, so, But I think we'll both be able to take things away from that game. I know for our guys, uh, you know, that was a tough tough loss here at home, you know. So we, we've got to be able to, to learn from that and, uh, you know, use what we can to help us be more prepared the next time we play. Are, are the Dayton Flyers maybe a, a different team, though, than uh, took the court in that first matchup with VCU? Yeah, I think we're both, you know, a little different. Obviously, like I, like I said, I think, you know, the experiences we've both been through over the course of the last month, I believe it was maybe a month to the day, if I'm not mistaken, uh, when we played each other uh, the last time. So, yeah, I think, I think both of us will be a little bit different than, than what we saw last time. All right, Coach. Uh, well, uh, safe travels uh, tomorrow. Uh, selfishly, because I'll be on that plane too. But yeah, we look we look forward to it. it should be a heck of a week, and I, I know the guys will be ready. So uh, we'll look forward to seeing you then, and then uh, we'll talk right, again uh, on Wednesday. All right, that's All Coach right, Anthony Grant. Thank you go Flyers. All right, Coach Anthony Good luck, Grant, Coach. We're wrapping things up here. Is again Dayton uh, traveling uh, tomorrow to Richmond at nine o'clock game on Wednesday night uh, against uh, that's. And there's only thing, the only thing worse than playing a home game at nine o'clock is playing a road game at nine o'clock. 
because that hotel room just just those walls just close yeah. in on you after a while. You're just sitting there and waiting to play, waiting to play, waiting to play. But uh, that's a Wednesday, Saturday, a two o'clock uh, game in St. Louis. That's a little bit more uh, palatable. Well, Leighton Moulton is here, and uh, we're going to learn a little more about Leighton. We heard about him getting recruited out of Detroit and coming down to the University of Dayton. His experience as a flyer and what he's done with that experience moving forward, that's all can, coming up as we continue the Anthony Grant Show. And we are live at Frickers on Woodman Drive. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Call now, 457-1290. Now back to the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. Hey, welcome back here, Frickers. Uh, Woodman Drive, your home of fun food, sports, and spirits. And uh, the, uh, the spirits of, uh, of Bengals fans still lingering in these, uh, in these rooms after, uh, after yesterday and uh, will be for weeks to come. But we're talking college basketball. We had the, the coach on here uh, just previous and looking back on a, a week in which uh, he felt pretty good about the way his team played, great defensive efforts and wins over Fordham, and then most recently Friday night, the 53-51 win over Rhode Island. Now a big challenge coming up this week, two road games, two tough road tests at VCU on Wednesday night at 9 and at St. Louis on Saturday at 2. But as we mentioned, uh, Leighton Moulton, uh, the pride of the Motor City and uh, the class of 1976, the University of Dayton is, is with us. And uh, we, we talked uh, earlier about uh, the recruiting process when Coach Donaher and assistant coach uh, Jack Butler well, right. got you uh, got you signed on the dotted line and brought you uh, down I-75 uh, here to the, uh, from the Motor City to the Gem City. Right. And so talk about, tell us about, about your years as a Dayton Flyer. What stands out in your memory? When I first came, um, Alan Elijah was the, uh, the first one from Detroit. And then I came, and then Johnny Davis came, and uh, then Irv Giddings came. Um, the arena, I was telling you about the arena, that, that just took my breath away. Uh, when, I, when I was recruited and I came in and I saw the arena, and I was like, so, you know. Um, then Jack Butler, uh, great guy, uh, Coach Donaher, uh, very demanding. I mean, very demanding. Uh, that was a couple of times that I didn't think I was going to make it, but I'm I'm glad I did. We had a rule in my house uh, that if you start something, you have to finish it, and uh, and I'm glad I did. Uh, I was talking to Coach uh, a few years ago, and and he told me he said. Uh, he said, Mo, I wish I wasn't so hard on you. I said, well, I did too uh, back in the 70s. I said, but kind of glad that uh, you just stayed on me. It just it made me a better person, uh, tougher. And uh, uh, the relationship that I have with him uh, is, is one that's just precious, you know. Uh, he's getting up in age. He's 90. Um, I, I keep in touch with him. I keep in touch with Coach Butler. Um, my two favorite flyers uh, is, is Donald Smith and uh, the two nicest flyers, I should yeah. say, is Donald Smith and and uh, Jack Butler. You know, uh, Jack's up under the radar, but he did a lot of good stuff uh, for us and kept us uh, kept us going. But um, 
Donald Smith, um, if, if I had to say who was the greatest flyer, I would say Smitty uh, on and off the court. Um, he scored 52 points uh, in Chicago Stadium. And, um, and no three-point line. No three-point line. He was shooting them from the hash mark, no layups. And I, I just couldn't believe how humble and grateful uh, he was. I remember when we came back, we were walking on campus, and uh, and these ladies and some people were coming. They said, which one of you guys is Donald Smith? Well, I know Donald wasn't going to say nothing, so I said me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm Donald Smith, you know, uh, just real humble and, and grateful. And uh, unfortunately, I was I was with him when he took his last breath. Um, March would be uh, 18 years. Wow. Just, uh, you know, he kept all of us uh, dedicated to the game. Um, I remember him uh, putting his arm around me when I was a freshman. Uh, and uh, he didn't talk a lot, and, you know, he wasn't real flamboyant or any of that stuff. And he put his arm around me. I said, Smitty, what's up? He said, I just want to tell you, you keep going the rate you're going, you're not going to make it. And uh, so I, it was so bad. He said, why don't you go to church with me Sunday? So I started going to church with him. And uh, he said, didn't your mom say, uh, you know, don't come back home empty-handed. He said, "Yeah." He said, "Layton, if you keep going the way you're going, you'll be out. You'll be back in Michigan before December." Um, I mean, 17, 18 years old, away from home, nobody to tell me what to do, and uh, probably was just hanging out a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. And uh, he grabbed me at the right time, and uh, and that did it. Uh, but he told me he wasn't going to take me to church no more because he asked me how did I like it. And I told him, you got some really nice-looking women up in here, Donald. <laughs> and uh, he said, that's it. I ain't taking you no more. You know, <laughs> but, uh, and then, and then uh, he and Johnny Davis uh, in the backcourt together. Um, I was a year ahead of, uh, of, uh, of Johnny. And I remember uh, – uh, October, uh, November had come, and Coach had set me down at the arena, <clears throat> and he said, uh, he said, uh, I just want to tell you, uh, you know you're not going to start. I said, you got to be kidding me. You going to start them two bombs over me? And uh, he told me, he said, you'll be coming off the bench, and uh, that 73 and 74 year was the best year uh, that I ever had at UD. When you win it, man, everybody's having fun. Uh, coaches, uh, uh, you know, feeling pretty good. But um, I am so grateful and thankful that I chose the University of Dayton. Uh, and I think um, what the kids are going to miss, you know, we were talking about the transfer portal and, and people leaving. Um, if you stay at the University of Dayton, Everybody can't go to the NBA. No. Everybody won't go to the NBA. There's not one player that I know of that came out of the University of Dayton and didn't work and didn't have a job and weren't able to take care of themselves. Not one person. Matter of fact, that's how I really gained respect for Coach Donaher. I remember being in the office one day and I asked Coach Butler, 
you know, what coach you doing in there? He said, well, he's talking to a guy. Well, he was talking to a guy that had quit the program. So I went in. I said, coach, what was that all about? And he says, I said, he quit the program, right? He said, yeah. He said, I was helping him get a job. I was like, wow. So that kind of impressed me. Um, you know, Mick, well, I don't call him Mick. Coach was hard on me my freshman year. Um, I mean, he was tough. You know, I had to guard Donald Smith. And, <laughs> and uh, well, you know, <laughs> um, th that was real tough. Um, I remember him, uh, I remember going to the office. Uh, we had to go over to the Bursar's office and, uh, to, for registration. And he looked at, this was in 73, 74. And he said, what are you majoring in? I said, psychology. He said, what are you going to do with that? I said, well, I want to coach and, and be a counselor in high school. And this is when I found out he had a sense of humor. I said, coach, I said, it's really good. I said, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's helping me understand myself. And he said, well, good luck with that one. I said, it's helping me understand you. He said, oh, I said, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> but that's when I realized he was different. He had a sense of humor. Um, just a good man. Um, and I used, to, I used to say, coach, we saw you going to mass this morning. He said, yeah. Getting ready to cuss you guys out again. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the nicest individuals I ever met in my life is, uh, is Coach Donaher and Jack Butler as well. You know, I, uh, I, yeah, he always said, you know, I know Coach always said that uh, he goes, I really don't care to have a relationship with my players. No. But I would, he goes, I really, really want to have a relationship with my former players. players. Right. So l let me tell you uh, – when Donald Smith died in March of 2004, and we sat at uh, Miami Valley Hospital, and uh, it was a couple of days, and then, then, he, then when Donald passed, I, I went home, and, and I called him and told him that Smitty was gone. And a couple of days later, uh, he called me and said, Leighton, we, we, we have to do something, you know. Well, to make a long story short, uh, Coach Paxton, Mill Canner, that whole group of guys, um, they raised over $100,000 for him. And Coach said, Layton, I'll, I'll do that for any of my players. Right. And, and that's him. He, and he will. You know, it didn't matter who it was. Uh, but I have a, a, not just a tremendous amount of respect, but just uh, a lot of love for him. A lot of love. Uh, for Coach Donaher and, and and Jack Butler as well, you know I'm I'm, I'm grateful that uh, Jack got out and uh, came to my high school and and uh, and recruited me, you know. Now that it's a life changing uh, uh, event to come to the University of Dayton and uh, not just for the basketball but everything that came after, and we're going to get in more into that. Uh, with Leighton Moulton as we continue the Anthony Grant Show. We are here at Frickers on Woodman Drive. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to the Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. 
Call now, 457-1290. Now back to the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. Hey, welcome back here, Frickers, your home of fun food, sports, and spirits. Anthony Grant Show Monday nights in this Dayton basketball season, which is set to hit the midway point of conference play on Wednesday. That is when the Flyers are at VCU for a 9 o'clock game against the Rams, another road game uh, then coming up Saturday, 2 o'clock in the afternoon at St. Louis. Deron Holmes is second. Deuce, the Atlantic 10 Rookie of the the Week again. He shared it uh, with Eric Reynolds from uh, St. Joe's, but uh, this is, I believe, four Rookies of the Week for him. Uh, Malachi Smith also with three. So uh, young Dayton Flyers making uh, some things happen for a team that's 14-7, and 6-2 and two in the Atlantic 10 heading into that game on Wednesday uh, against VCU. Former Flyer Leighton Moulton is with us uh, here at Frickers. And, and, and Leighton, uh, we've talked a lot about your career at UD. So those four years of, of basketball ends, uh, graduation ensues, and what happened next for Leighton Moulton? Well, I went overseas for a hot minute, and then I came back and uh, went back to Detroit. Uh, I'm glad I did. I lived with my mom for uh, uh, about four years. She had uh, uh, lost her leg at 45 to diabetes. And uh, so I lived uh, with her and basically took care of my mom for four years. And and uh, I remember calling uh, uh, Coach Butler and said, hey, I'm, I'm ready to come back to Dayton. And uh, – so he called me back and said, uh, Coach Donahue said, you know the rule. We don't do nothing until you come to Dayton. So I came back, and I went to see Tom Ferrix. And uh, uh, there was a couple jobs uh, with the university, and then there was a job with uh, uh, this company called Cargill. And at that particular time, Cargill was the number one private industry in the world. That was before Microsoft and Walmart came, uh, came along. And they were in the agriculture business. So um, I spent 25 years with them, and uh, I retired, uh, uh, let me see, at 50. So I've been uh, 17 Last week. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, re- I retired, and then um, I took a year off, and then I went in the Dayton public, and, uh, and I talked. And I did that for five years, and I said, well, I'm going to get out of here before I end up going to jail. Uh, these kids <laughs> were horrible. So <laughs> I took off, and uh, then I chose to work for uh, Montgomery County Board of Developmental uh, Disabilities. And uh, it, it, it wasn't uh, the best-paying job, but it was the best job I ever had. It, it, it humbled me to the core. Um, to work with people with disabilities. And I realized that uh, had one chromosome been off, then I could possibly have been one of those individuals. And uh, it just made me, I mean, I've always been humble and grateful, but even more so, you know, uh, being able, you know, to do for myself and to to help others uh, uh, was a blessing. So uh, that stopped. I retired from there, I think, about three or four, about three years ago. And uh, that, scared the, that scared the daylights out of me. Retiring, that just doesn't sound right. Uh, sounds so final, you know, I'm retiring. And I said, I, 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 I'm not a sit-around type of guy. I don't play golf all day long, and I don't do this and that. And um, 
but it was something about working with people with disabilities. And um, we had a shift with Medi Medicare. They shut it down and, and privatized it. And uh, so I started uh, an agency uh, transporting individuals with disabilities to their jobs and to their uh, 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 rehab uh, uh, places. And uh, uh, that's what keeps me going. That's my passion. When I get up in the morning, uh, I know I'm, my day is going to be complete when, uh, when I do that and to do the paperwork. So um, I, I just thank God that, you know, for my age, I'm in pretty decent health. And this, to me, is the time to, to give back. Um, I was doing pretty well before the uh, pandemic hit, and I want to try to build that, my business back up so uh, so I can give away. I, I like to give away 80% of uh, the money that I make and maybe keep 10 or 20%, but that's, uh, that's my goal, uh, to give back. There's a couple projects at the university, the scholarship and the foundation uh, that I like to be a part of, so I'm uh, eyeing that. But um, I really just want to, you know, uh, pay my rent on my room in heaven, you know. <laughs> so and and I, I have the uh, the tools to do it, and it's just payback time. This is just this is a great time uh, for us to give back. Retiring, um, retiring from what? Yeah. You know, don't make sense to me. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah, like we were talking about, you know, the house of bread. It's just so much stuff that you can do. Uh, but I'm again, I'm I'm thankful. Uh, my family, uh, the way I was raised. My my folks are from the West Indies on both sides, and uh, my grandparents. Uh, uh, they were just sticklers for education. You know, you come home and. <laughs> You got to go through, you know, what you did in school and you couldn't go outside until you did your homework and my mom stayed on us. And But, but I think um, for me, with all, the key to my success was the love and support that I got as a youngster. Because when your grandparents and your mom and your family tell you that you can make it and this is how you do it and your teachers and everybody, so when they're telling you that you, you process it and then um, you start saying to yourself, you know, well, if they say I can do it, then you start believing it, you know? So I realized my fifth grade teacher taught me that this whole thing was basically an equation and it's up to you to uh, put the components and variables in place, but it is definitely an equation, you, you know, your books, your attitude, uh, getting along with people, all of that. You know, the, you know, Larry, the best guys and the best teams, they don't always win. It's when they come together. It's when they come together, you know. And so I had a uh, – uh, I grew up in a suburb of Detroit called River Rouge. Uh, I think we've won about 14 or 15 state championships. Like I was telling you, my high school coach – uh, went to Western Kentucky, and so did Jack Butler. So when Jack came to recruit me and he talked to my coach, it was a done deal, you know. But uh, he was a no-nonsense guy. So I was prepped and raised right 
uh, for the most part. And so uh, I guess what I'm saying is basically whatever decency I have in me is because of the Lord and my family, uh, my teachers, my coaches. Uh, I've, I've gotten a lot of love from people from all walks of life that believe in me. And I just want to make sure that they get a decent return on their investment. And that's why I'm pushing to try to do something before, um, before I close my eyes and, and, and leave up out of here. That's important to me. Yeah. You we, know? we appreciate what you're doing for the community. And it, it's, you know, it's, it, that, that brotherhood of, uh, as Coach uh, talked about at his oh, yeah. uh, reunion party, yeah. It, yeah. Is a, it is a unique bond it that, is. that, that ties like Flyers it. together. Right. All of us. And uh, yeah. yeah, so yeah. it's a, this season goes on, and you're just as much a part of it as the guys wearing the short pants. Thank you, Larry. All Thank right. you for having me. I All appreciate right. it. Leighton Moulton uh, here on the uh, on the Anthony Grant show as that wraps things up on this uh, Monday night. Again, Dayton with two games this week: nine o'clock on Wednesday at VCU, two o'clock Saturday afternoon at St. Louis. All those games broadcast right here on the home of the Flyers. Then we're back here next Monday. We'll talk about it. Uh, on another edition of the Anthony Grant Show. On behalf of Coach Grant, our engineer producer here, Parker Testa, and former Flyer Leighton Moulton, I'm Larry Hanskin. Have a great week, everyone. Go Flyers. Go Flyers. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.